0: Hello and welcome to Inside EcoDevo, an economic development podcast helping Missourians prosper. On this episode, we're talking about the Missouri Economic Development Council, better known as MEDC. And we have a couple of guests in the studio to help with the discussion. First, the current president of MEDC, Shauna Searcy. She's also the deputy division director for DED's regional engagement. And we also have MEDC's president-elect, Michelle Hathaway. She's also the deputy director for all of DED. Ladies, welcome.
1: Hi there. Hi, thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming in. MEDC, there's probably a lot to jump into and, and talk about, but before we do that, let's just get a little bit of background on the two of you and Shauna, since I introduced you first. If you would just start, how did you come to be in the roles that you currently have?
2: So I jumped into the industry just under nine years ago now, and I worked in a community level economic development position. And so frankly, there were no teachers, there were no mentors, right? so i quickly got referred to MEDC and this organization became my teachers and so you can imagine it's my pleasure to give back to this organization who really has brought me up to where i am today but so it's a little bit of a i started as district director and then i became policy chair for a couple of years and then i was lucky enough to be asked to serve on the uh, executive committee and that's actually a 5 year term so i'm in my 4th year so i I get to serve as president this year. And then a DED, I'm a whopping two and a half months in. But I will say that the reason I wanted this position is because of the team here, who is, you don't have to be told, but extraordinary. And I only know them all because of MADC. Comes Uh, full circle.
0: A lot of people that work within economic development, it was kind of their focus you know, from the get-go, once they get on that road, they've mm-hmm. kind of stayed there. So just kind of out of curiosity, what kind of led you down the path to work in the realm of economic development?
2: So actually, I got pretty lucky. I am from a community called Kearney, which is in the Kansas City metro area, and this position became available, and I had the opportunity to serve my own community, right, help be a part of its growth and its, its economic health. So frankly, I'm, I'm quite lucky. That i got to serve in that position so when you can serve your own community you jump full in right
0: right absolutely And that's another thing that that i'm hearing from people that we talk to on this podcast is it's about giving back to their communities you're kind of serving the place that you live in and that kind of i guess gives you the extra oomph to to do what you do Right.
2: yeah, yeah it's there's like a running joke i think in economic development that not a single one of us like did it on purpose right as children nobody wanted to grow up and do this you fall into it because you're passionate about your community or your state
1: or whoever it is you're serving.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. uh, Michelle, if we could get a little bit of background on you as well, please.
1: Yeah. So I actually grew up in Jefferson city, went to school here and then had the opportunity to go down to the university of Alabama where I got my undergrad and master's tide. I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes at that right now, but um, love my experience in Alabama. And then had the opportunity to work in some large organizations and then down in, um, I guess, out in Portland, Oregon, and then slowly moved my way back to Jeff City, where I worked for a family business and then saw a job posting at DED as a project manager. This was before the regional engagement team was fully formed or even, I guess, a vision um, at the time before we created it. And so I fell into exactly what Shauna said, economic development not intending to do it, but absolutely just fell in love with it. And part of that's because of you get to help people and the impact that you have on the companies and the communities and the individuals and kind of see how really communities change. So that's how I started at DED. And so I started as a project manager and then have had the opportunity through some great, great leaders at the state and then at DED that have just really invested in me and spent time in my growth and had the opportunity to kind of rise up through the organization. And now, you know, getting to help lead that organization with Maggie and Acting Director Co. So it's been great. It's been a great ride. And I too was part of MEDC when I first started. In fact, I think it was like my second week on the job. I went to the fall conference and uh, one of the speakers was like, raise your hand if you're new at MEDC and I raised my hand and we had all had to go around and say how long we'd been doing it and everybody laughed when I said I was week two because they're like you are brand new at this like you are brand new at economic development I don't think I understood half of what was said at that conference just because you you have to go you have to learn it you have to experience it but I remember the people that I met and that is very impactful because those are the relationships That not only assist you and help you, but when you need advice on how to do economic development or projects or or how to close a deal or how to help an individual or business or community, that's who you reach out to. Right away, I was sucked into MEDC and appreciated the partnership that was created and then was asked to serve in 2020. I was asked to serve to be secretary, to be coming in and was extremely honored, extremely honored to be considered amongst my peers in economic development to join that executive committee opportunity for the five year term. So I'm also extremely honored to follow Shauna on this path because she's done a phenomenal job and set an amazing, amazing example. And has also continued to help mentor me through
0: this. So Michelle, I'm glad that you mentioned that you've worked your way up through DED. Cause I was going to ask you about that. Cause when I came on board, cause I came on board in, the, in 2019. So I, I don't re- exactly know your, your progression in the years and stuff, but I know you were with regional engagement then you were heading up that division and now you're heading up, you know, the deputy director, for the entire department.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've been, like I said, I've been extremely fortunate that people have been willing to invest in me, invest their time, their talents and and teach me. So I've felt extremely honored and privileged to be able to participate in the first Leadership Academy class through the state. And that was phenomenal. And again, I made some amazing relationships and friends across all of state government and had a better understanding of what other departments do. We do not function the same as Department of Corrections, right? Who we serve is different than the Department of Corrections. We have a lot of similarities to the Department of Natural Resources in some extent, and we are very good partners with them and appreciate them and appreciate the partnership. So it was, it was a lot of stuff was extremely eye-opening, educational. And again, I just had a, a lot of opportunities of people just investing and teaching me and giving back. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. No, no, you're
0: good. <laughs> and although I'm not a, a football fan, Alabama does have a, a spot in my heart because I did live there for a while. My I have family down there. So Alabama does Thank you. It, it holds a place Thank in my you. heart. Maybe I wish, not for M-I-Z, football. But, I of
1: a little bit I wish my 5-year-old <laughs> felt that way cuz he is now rooting for Mizzou and, even if it's not Mizzou playing, it's just the colors of uh, black and gold. He's rooting for them. So it is, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> He's much smarter than me, right, Shana?
0: Okay, so let's dive into our topic. Missouri Economic Development Council, I guess going forward here, just so that's a big mouthful to say, we'll just refer to it as MEDC. What is it? What do they do?
1: MEDC is, I would say, a smaller state association, We have one paid member. I'll let Shauna speak a little bit more about that as as we go. But we have one paid employee, currently a contract employee that helps run all of the organization. Everyone else is volunteer. And the main thing about MEDC, the focus pieces of it are advocacy and education. So right along that, that's where our mission fits in into what we want to do. So that's educating our members on current programs that are there, successful programs, how to be creative with tools in order for communities to be successful, but then also making sure that our stories, the stories of the communities, the successes, the struggles with businesses are being heard at the Capitol. And that's the advocacy part. And we have a really good team um, that helps with that and a lobbyist, a contract lobbyist, that is really, really strong and helps a lot with that. Shauna, what else do you have to add on it?
2: Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned the education piece because it really is, it's a huge part of what we do. And most of it probably could fall under that umbrella. I would say, and it could be made up by a handful of components. First and foremost, our conferences, we are spread statewide. And these three conferences that we offer to our members, it is our three chances right, throughout the year to learn from each other, to stay relevant. What's new in Missouri? What do we need to be work on? What opportunities are we missing? And just really connect with each other. Quite frankly, when you're just that isolated and spread out, that connector, I think you would find if you ask the average member, what they find to be the most valuable, you might get that answer quite often. Additionally, on the education piece, MEDC created a program called the MoCED program, short for Missouri Certified Economic Development Certification, and we offer it for free for any MEDC member, and it is, there are four courses, totally free, you take a test, you are becoming trained at the highest level that you can within this industry. So that whether it's in your community, whether it's at the state level, you want to be able to serve the state of Missouri at the highest level possible and make us as competitive as we can be. Um, So that's a pretty terrific program that we offer. It's an amazing program. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah.
1: Like I think when, when I look back on some of the stuff that's come out of MEDC the past several years, that is one of the pinnacles of them because it's it's phenomenal that as a member of MEDC, you can go and be educated and learn from experts in the field. But then the classes, which the committee has done is such an amazing job, shot on this, the teachers have constantly rotated. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly learning. Even if you went to one class during one session, you could go to the same class and learn something completely different because of who's teaching it.
2: Yeah. The committee that created this thing, they are extraordinarily experienced economic developers. So this is a serious certification that you really do have to earn. It's a great program.
0: And that advocacy and education part of it sounds like the main kind of focus, it seems, in the program that you just mentioned, I'm guessing, is how you go about doing that advocacy and education to individuals, or is there a different path I think there?
1: The, I think education, particularly, it's kind of creating the foundation of economic development. And I think especially when you have people that have been doing this for 15, 20 years, we wanna tap into that expertise and that education and what they've learned along the way. And then you have some people, you know, like at my first conference, right? Like I said, who are two weeks on the job, who are a month on the job, two years on the job. And how do we make sure that everybody has the same foundation for economic development, what it is, what it is in Missouri, how many states, Missouri borders, right? Just some common questions that, you know, the committee felt like people should know if you're doing economic development. And then how do we go about making sure the membership is trained on it and educated on it and then rewarded for passing that certification and that test because it's not easy to do. So I I think that's kind of the piece of it. The advocacy piece is a little bit separate where through the districts, each district has a representative. And you can speak to this, Shawna, you were on that committee too.
2: Right, like what we actually do is ask every single district within the state is to approach their memberships within the district level and encourage them to engage and have a conversation about what they would like to see legislative priorities on behalf of MEDC, right? And then that information is compiled and we use that information to form that year's legislative policy agenda.
0: Okay. What is the big benefit of the certification that somebody gets? Is it kind of like, you know, putting the PhD after your name? Kind is of, it yeah. just, you it kind of is. Yeah. It kind
2: of is. Right. Selfishly, from our perspective, uh, really, frank, frankly, for the state's perspective, it demonstrates we have some extraordinary economic developers within the state, but... Also, you just have some really impressive letters after your name.
1: Yeah, you get some letters. You get recognized. I think the governor and lieutenant governor has has given their certificates, and then yep. of course, you know, the current president, Sean Cersey, has given um, <laughs> several certificates and sh- shook in some hands too. Uh, but it is a big deal, and it's something that you know we hope communities will continue to put press releases out about whenever their economic developer passes the test and gets that certification, because again, it's not something that's easy. You have to take all of the classes. You have to be in economic development for 10 years or take the Heartland basic course, which is another certification process for IEDC or is one of the pieces of it. And again, pass the test, which I don't think the intent was to make it a challenging test but we didn't want it just to be a handout we want it to be something you earned
2: yeah I mean I think that's part of the intent right we want to we want to prove that we're doing this right and I'm glad that you mentioned Heartland because while we talked about Mo as she said there is an international certification and we call it basic it's the Heartland Economic Development Course and MEDC does actually offer scholarships to attend that event annually. We handed out
1: quite a few. Quite a few this year, yeah. This year. Yeah. So that's
2: another and component was, of our like, education support as an organization. And it's an honor
1: that we can do that, yeah. right? Like it's an honor that we've had membership being able to help fundraise over the past several years, and then it's a way to give back to communities and to individuals to help support their education and economic development.
0: I would imagine that on some level, economic developers are speaking with businesses, communities, they're doing their job out in the field, Having that certification is kind of the proving ground. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. I can help you, and I'm good at my craft. It's it's that kind of without thing too. question. Yeah,
2: it's almost a little bit similar, right, to having certified site in the state of Missouri. It's demonstrating that you are prepared to serve at the highest level for your community. Okay. For sure.
0: I'm sure there's probably more ground to cover there, but you guys had mentioned the conferences. There's three of them in a year you mentioned. Run me through the conference. What's happening at the conference? What's being covered? Okay. The whole gambit. So
2: as you said, we do have three of them. Our fall conference and our summer conference are probably the traditional two and a half day conference, but I'm actually quite proud of the conferences that we offer to our members. Um, we really do our best to make them the best experience they can be. I have a bad habit of calling our winter conference. is actually called the Economic Issues Summit. And we are in Jeff City just for a couple of days. We actually have an opportunity to meet with our legislators at that event. And then we learn from our DED professionals. We learn from committee members over at the Capitol. It's our day to truly engage in Jeff City. So that event is a little bit more specific. And
1: and I think, too, at that event, we learn the priorities from senators and, and representatives, right? So we learn what are they focusing on this year? How does it align around MEDC's priorities? Or how can we educate better to make sure that they're educated on what MEDC's priorities were and the impact that it'll have?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And again, I'm just going to mention the the reception because I think some people will find it a little bit of an intimidating experience to have a one on one conversation with a legislator, even though they are terrific and want to talk to us. Right. We know that. But some people find going over to the Capitol a little bit more intimidating. So we offer this organic communicating experience, learning experience where they get to do this as a team and sort of do it together.
0: What's the hope that people walk away from these conferences? Are like, is there success stories that you guys have seen coming out of these conferences? Like what's the ultimate like positive end goal?
1: I think it's a combination. I'm going to jump in, Shauna, and then you say too. Yeah, I think it's a combination of the collaboration. Like like Shauna said, you know, sometimes when you're in a small community and she can speak to this absolutely way better than me, but when you're a small community and you're the only one doing economic development, you don't have that let me brainstorm let me throw ideas off you or you have someone that calls you up and you have a you, you they need help or have a question and you've never run across it before you know you can google as much as you want but having the resources and assistance to be able to call people that you met at a conference and pick their brains, and then they might tell you, oh, you know what? Actually, why don't you call this person in this community? Because they've actually run across that before. I've seen that, is extremely helpful. So I think building those relationships and connections of where to go when you need help and resources is one. And the other piece is just the best practices. So we really try with the agenda, and Shauna's put together some amazing agendas with a committee this year, but we really try to put forth what is it the communities that the utility partners, that the state, what is it that they are needing or wanting this year from economic development? And, uh, you know, we had a great speaker at the annual, I mean, at the fall conference that came in and he talked about economic development being a train and how over the years, different cabooses got added on as needs of economic development, right? Workforce wasn't a part of it. Now workforce is like the number one issue that's talked about it. You know where right. I'm going with Absolutely. this, right? Child care was never considered. Now childcare is like instrumental, right? In order to get people back into the workforce and to help and assist, right? As our jobs and as economic developers are broadening, we are having to become experts on so many different areas that we were never having to become experts before. You have to
2: be so nimble in this industry. And so having these opportunities to learn, also M- uh, most CED, for instance, data collection. I mean, you have to be so nimble and know so much and you have to respond so fast. So these conferences are a really good opportunity yeah. to at least at the highest level that you can stay relevant, stay educated and keep looking for I never thought of that. What a great idea. I'd love to implement it where I live, but how did you do it? Yeah. Let's learn from each other best practices, like you said.
1: Yep. And I also think it's like lessons learned don't make this mistake, guys. Right.
2: You've had those sessions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. us a really bad story so yeah. you know to not do that again. Actually, this I find visit, those.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Some of my favorite. Yeah. I love those sessions. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I think that's, you know, learn from me. Don't make these mistakes on your own. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's so and I know this happens with associations. Right. But it's so interesting how at times our members are competing against each other for things, for businesses, for sites, for opportunities, for grants, but yet everybody is cheering for each other to make sure that everybody is successful and will share those best practices, which is really what makes this profession, the organization, the heart of MEDC there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A regional sport for a really good example would be our utility partners. Yeah, right. We will get a lead. How many communities are pursuing that opportunity? And that local, you know, example, electric provider digs in and does their due diligence in everything they can to make sure that every single community who's investing in that project will succeed. So it really is a regional game. And it's a really good opportunity to make those connections at these conferences.
0: It's been said on this podcast before, but what you're saying here kind of really hits the nail on the head that economic development is a team sport. Oh, yeah. It's not done by oneself. You know, there may be communities where there's only one person there. But like you mentioned, that person needs to bounce ideas off of somebody, learn where's the industry going uh, and things of that nature.
1: It's a perfect example. And I know we use that a lot because whenever you can't win a project, you can't be successful in a community unless you lean on other team members. MEDC is that roster. It is that team where you go and you pull the team that you need to be successful.
2: I will have been working on projects. Communities right next door are pursuing the same project and we will collaborate and help each other if someone needs a data point or whatever it is, right, that you're missing jump right in yeah. and support each other because we know we need it. You're in these bubbles, you're in isolation and you have to lean on each other. Otherwise you're just not going to be able to do your job at the level you need to do it.
0: Right. Okay. A couple of things I want to take a step back on and dive a little bit into some things. I had written a note here about the classes you guys were, were talking about for the certification. How do you guys pick like the topics, the agenda, so to speak for these classes? Is it, does it fluctuate with what's you know, going on in the industry at the time? How does that process work?
1: I'd, I'd say the conferences fluctuate. So the agenda items on, for the conference fluctuate depending on what's happening. The conferences, I mean, the, the classes, the most CD classes are pretty consistent based off the manual.
2: Yeah, I would totally agree. There is a manual that you can study. That's where most of the information comes from. But that is the, that's the basis. What do I need to know? And I'll go back to data. We cannot do our jobs without data. It is critical to this industry at every single level. So you can imagine every time the MOCED team offers a course, that room's gonna be packed because we always need that every year.
0: What kind of data are you guys looking at how to use the data like that that's what
1: mainly the main thing like where to find it because again if you're a one-stop shop or or even in different communities if you wear multiple hats if you're the city administrator and you're doing multiple things and then economics development is one of many jobs that you do your day-to-day is not focusing on what's my population who's leaving my community right how many people are coming into my community so knowing where to go for some of that data is extremely helpful not only to win projects but to be able to articulate what you need for your community is so important
2: it's It's harder than it sounds finding those sources you can pay some partners have the ability to pay for access to data whereas in these courses they will go out of their way to help make you aware of those that are free But to be frank with you, you have to access the data. And in reality, there's a whole lot of raw numbers. So teaching you how to digest it and and actually make use of it for your community. How do you communicate it? That's
1: really what we need to get out of those sessions. It is a gift. It is. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, and this question, I know you guys aren't, you know, like "quote unquote" data people. But is there anything in the the data that you're looking at right now that's influencing the decisions? Is there a direction that you guys are going on right now that's based on data?
2: Yeah, and and not specific to the MOCED course, but workforce, one thousand percent. I would call it labor shed data. So you have to be able to demonstrate that especially in the communities that perhaps are smaller. You have to be able to demonstrate, you can find out where your employees are coming from now, where they live, right? How many are coming into town and vice versa. So you can really do a better job demonstrating that labor shed. And it can be broken down super specific. You can name a pretty specific job and it can be broken down that easily. And you can imagine that data changes. So having access to updated data online is critical workforce for sure.
0: And give me an idea of, just as an example, this is just kind of spitball here. Uh, As economic developers, you guys get that data. What do you do with it? How how do you use that data to influence, you know, how you work with a business or how you uh, educate other economic developers? How is that being used in your guys' tool bag, so to speak?
1: I think it just helps tell the story. If you're trying to win a project Obviously, you're going to need that data to help explain that you have enough workforce or you don't have enough workforce to attract that project for the jobs. Right. So I think it's kind of understanding your assets that you have in your community to be able to tell the story. Also, I think it helps, you know, if you're looking at depending on the role that you're doing. Right. Maybe you're looking at putting a gas station in and you want to do a, you know, a special tax on the gas at that gas station, for example. It's going to help tell that data, well, we know that this many people are leaving the community or this many people are coming into the community. They're going to be passing by that gas station, filling up their car let's use that as an opportunity to add either more revenue into whatever specific option we're looking at.
2: And I do want to add, I hope you don't mind, but right, it's not just attraction at the community level. Most of the jobs are created by your current employers, right? Business retention expansion is what we call it. And I will have local businesses, but also local landowners trying to make a project work. And they say, Shauna, I need this now. And it's again some form of any or of the housing. Data. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. housing. Yeah. And they need to know you. They need to know there's a partner in town that can get them that information. And again, that data is always changing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, business retention and expansion, it's probably used maybe more than some people realize. You have to do everything you can to protect your employers. So when you go to them, what do you need? You have those answers yeah at the ready
0: i guess to bring it back to the original conference question this kind of discussion is probably what's happening at those exactly conferences.
1: yeah and i think shauna too because you spoke about the fall conference the winter conference do you want to speak about the annual conference
2: i can speak about the annual conference um it's actually being held it's june 13th through the 15th at the lake as, as it always is and, and again i wouldn't say it's tremendously different then fall conference. However, it is also our annual meeting. For instance, Michelle Hathaway will be officially elected as the president at annual conference and she will take over July 1st. So it serves that additional capacity as well. Aside from that, I'm not sure I find it to be.
1: No, the districts are voted on then the district reps,
2: district directors, and then directors at large, obviously, which serve the entire state and then the
0: officers. What can attendees look forward to at this conference coming up without giving too much away? I, I'd imagine.
2: We do have a representative from Amazon planning to join us. And it's one of those things where, at the community level, you may or may not think of them as a partner. In reality, I've actually started to notice if you go on Amazon, sometimes you will notice it'll have like a stamp that says like small business or something. I'm probably saying it wrong, but it stamps it. And so this particular conversation is really gonna be about building those partnerships with the local businesses to help them succeed. So I'm actually super excited about that one. We're still piecing together a lot of the other sessions. But
1: But insight which is, it is, it's not one of our three core conferences, but Insight, you want to speak about what Insight is and when that's coming up?
2: Yeah. So Insight is at the end of April. And yeah, I wouldn't say it's a traditional conference. It is a marketing event. And so it is actually a unique opportunity. The site consultants are the ones working directly with these larger employers who are either looking, they are attracting, they're growing, they're moving, whatever it is. And it's a really good opportunity, not just to get to know them, but you can really pick their brain give me an honest answer how does Missouri compare to this state you know specifically in this industry or specifically in this so you're really looking for that candid feedback what can we do to be more competitive with our neighboring states it's a really cool opportunity that we offer once a year
0: And right now, there's a big thing on site selection about mega sites. Is that going to be a topic of discussion? Oh, I
1: think it's going to be a huge topic of discussion. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's um, I'm excited to hear what they say about it. Yes, we've seen a lot in um, economic development around mega sites, especially in the past five years, I would say. Some of these consultants have worked them have worked some of these projects. And last year, some other consultants that came had had really good expertise because the discussion last year revolved a lot around remote work and how different states are handling that, counting it as far as incentives goes. And um, the other big takeaway I took was site readiness. And that's been something that's been talked about for years and years and years. For years, years, every time. Yeah, but it's, um, you need a site that's ready. And so, you know, we're really fortunate this year that the legislators have given us the opportunity through ARPA to do that site development grant, $75 million, and help of Missouri Partnership, helping to identify not only mega sites, but what they consider premier sites. Again, two separate programs. But I think it's just showing how Missouri is pushing its way to make sure that we are ready for sites in the future. And it's not a short, like, it's it's a long-term play. This is not short-term satisfaction with this. You cannot get a site ready- in six months, and nine months. It takes years and years and years. Yes. So we appreciate the opportunity to be able to leverage both the partnership and Missouri partnership, and then also the program to help communities get these sites ready to go.
0: Gotcha. Okay. A couple of more things on the conferences. I'd imagine you guys have, what I'll just say for lack of a better term, repeat customers, people that go to them you know, every single time there's one held. But for those economic developers who have maybe heard about it, maybe they haven't heard about it. They've never been there. What should they know? Why should they attend?
1: Come to learn, learn best practices, but also to make some really good friends, make some amazing colleagues across the state that even if you're in a different area of the state, completely different, they've probably experienced or gone through what you're going through. So continuing those relationships and friendships and making new ones. And we always love to have new members at MADC. And even if you're new to economic development, because we all were at one point.
2: I think my experience was very similar to yours. Like 10 minutes into the industry, I went to fall conference and had no idea what anyone was talking about. But um, thank you. I think you spoke to that beautifully. And then there are some people, as with everything really, where they may have like a niche interest when we are able to cover the bases on so many different topics, and you visit with someone and say, tell me what you do, and you find out organically what they care about, there might be a committee. We have a host of committees um, for MEDC. So there may be a way to uh, plug them in in a certain way. And yeah. I, I think usually once once they connect with MEDC, extraordinary valuable, they usually stay.
0: Yeah, and I'd imagine on some level, you know, each community is unique in what they're trying to to do. But Missouri as a whole, there's probably common denominators that they can come to learn from go oh i didn't realize that or you know that issue you're having that same issue in st louis we're having that same thing down in southwest or or what have you
1: economic development is a local i hate to use the analogy again but it is it is a local sport in order to be successful at the state the locals have to be successful and they have to have the basics in place they have to have the site ready to go so i mean from the state's perspective. We believe and encourage and strongly want to continue to invest in MEDC, not only for our team members, but for other economic developers across the state, because we are only as successful as they are.
0: Going on that train of success, any kind of success stories that have come out of these conferences or MEDC that you're like, oh, that person, they achieved some big project or whatnot, and MEDC had a small hand in that?
2: I think MADC would have a small hand in a whole lot of projects. I'm sorry to say, I don't know that I can specifically answer that question wholeheartedly. And whether it's sitting through a session or having those, you know, having dinner with your cohorts from across the state and those three days that you're there, it's unbelievable what you will learn from your neighbors. If you just had the opportunity to talk to them, I worked on a program for my community that I was fascinated by that an economic developer did within another region would have never thought of it. It all came down to workforce. So many things do uh, within our industry and just the creativity. Different parts of the states have different challenges, although in the end they sort of being interconnected. But the paths that they have to follow to make it within their part of the state, sometimes they have to be quite creative, particularly in the rural areas. So learning from each other on the creativity and you know the moving pieces and how many partners did you have to bring in to make that happen that's an extraordinary learning opportunity
1: one i got to see happen and and i think shauna you were part of some of this too was when we were trying to do legislation for gm when they were doing their billion dollar investment several years ago the medc community came together And rallied around the legislation that the governor's office was supporting and putting forward. And honestly, it was amazing because, you know, why the suppliers will impact all across the state. And C understood that, you know, the plant was already in Wentzville. It was already in the St. Louis metro area. So it was phenomenal to see several partners come out and testify in support of it, rally in support of it, because they knew that it was a greater good for the entire state.
0: Yeah. Okay. That hits it right on the head there. Thank you, Michelle. This next question is kind of a hard left turn. So there's no no real way to just kind of go into this dovetailing off what we were just talking about. Uh, But it was just something I had in mind. Previously, we talked with Missouri Partnership and we talked with MDFB, which are kind of... They're partners of us, of DED. They're kind of like little fingers of DED. I mean, they're public-private entities. Does MEDC fall into that realm? How does it figure in?
1: We say partners, and partners is so broadly, but DED is a member of MEDC so that I think that's where we fall into it it's not necessarily another extension we DED is in a member just like any other community or regional group or utility partner is now we are the largest member (laughs) just because we have you know so many employees and because DED believes so strongly in the mission of MEDC we believe that every DED team member should be a member of MEDC and should have access and availability to the most ED courses and to the conferences as they come on, depending on availability and funds and stuff like that. But it's something that we really push our employees to get involved in and educate on to understand economic development, the basic foundation, but also the impact that they have at the state level by working and understanding and making those relationships with other community partners.
0: So we've talked a lot about kind of you know what MEDC does. What's kind of on the horizon, but what's currently happening beyond the conferences that we talked about? Oh what's man, currently happening. We've, Shauna's been busy. Tell him, Shauna. <laughs>
2: So what's new in the horizon? Um, We already referenced Insight Missouri and our conference coming up in June. And I have to say a personal thank you to our conference planning committee, our marketing committee, who have put these conferences together. Love to take credit for it, but I'm really just a piece of the puzzle there for sure. They are really the, the driving force. Jim Fram, our current executive director he makes everything happen, right? Like we have these volunteers and pulling it together and terrific ideas and Jim just gets it done. And he works so hard for this organization, but he is retiring from MEDC at the end of June this year. And so we are in the process of, of replacing him. We are working to hire a full-time employee executive director. This time we are interviewing. Now we are truly actively working to replace Jim. And I think in the next you know, few weeks. We hope to hire someone. We're so excited about it. You know, we are proud of this organization. We want this full-time employee help. Like, let's grow together. Like, let's do this thing together. And we're thrilled to have the opportunity to do it. We could not be doing what we're doing without our current director, Jim Frame.
0: Okay, so to close us out here, DED, we have a motto here, as you both know, it's helping Missourians prosper. And I know MEDC is not DED, but the work is similar. So I think that motto kind of transcends to that work. How does MEDC help Missourians prosper?
1: You know, I think particularly it goes back to what we've kind of already talked about around making sure that the communities, the partners, the individuals continue to have the support and education and advocacy that they need in order to be successful. And it's about making sure that those communities are successful. And we do that through the mission of MEDC and then the collaboration and partnerships across.
2: I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a great summary of how we work together to get it done.
0: Like I mentioned before, you guys probably get a lot of repeat economic developers at MEDC. So we're probably not covering anything here that's going to blow their minds. But for, you know, the average citizen who is affected by the work that they do, they might be interested in hearing more about it. New economic developers who have not uh, attended MEDC or know much about it will probably glean something from this. So that's my hope is that those individuals get something out of it and the current MEDC people kind of get, you know, that reassurance in the work that they do and the attendance and all, of that, all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. love
2: that. You know, a really good example of that would be Mo CED, yeah. right? Taking it back to your community. These people learned and gained what they know from MEDC. Yeah. And in turn, they are able to demonstrate to their community, look what I have brought back and can help you make this happen in our community of what they were able to pull from MEDC.
0: Okay, I guys. Think said it all. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside EcoDevo. We have great episodes coming your way every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we want to hear from you, our listeners. Tell us what economic development topics you want to hear more about. This helps us fulfill our motto of helping Missourians prosper by bringing content to our listeners that they want to hear. Leave a comment on an episode or send an email to ded.communications at ded.mo.gov and stay tuned for more Inside EgoDevo.